listeners, uh, another Novus podcast for you. So today's podcast, my path has recently crossed with my guest. We were both at a St Basil's venture that we both hope to be involved in. And for anyone that has already listened to a Novus podcast, may actually sense that I feel a little bit out of my comfort zone today, as I'm, I don't really know my guest very well. But like you all know, a good conversation is a great opportunity to get to know somebody. So, listeners, waiting with bated breath, my lovely guest, what's your name and where are you from? Hi, Laura, thank you. Uh, so it's Ben, it's Ben Markle, um, as you can probably tell from from my accent, um, Birmingham-based, um, grew up southern, southern Birmingham, so near the Licky Hills. Okay. Are you still in that area? I am indeed, yes. Yeah, so living in Cofton Hackett at the moment, which is... Which is essentially at the bottom of the Licky Hills. Um, yes, I've gr- been there all my life. Apart from when I was born, I was born in a place called Feckenham, um, which is based. In Say that carefully, haven't you? Yeah, correct. <laughs> you have. You're not wrong. Uh, which is countryside of Redditch. That's when I was a bit younger. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Then before we properly start, do you mind me asking how old you are? Of course, yeah, twenty six. I'm old enough to be your mother. <laughs> a lot of people say that that I come across these days. Mixing with the old folks. Wow, correct, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I won't take too much offence by that. (laughs) Okay, so Ben Markle, although I don't know you very well, and typical kind of era that we live in, if I don't know something, I Google it. Of course. If I put Ben Markle into Google, what would come up? I think it would be something to do with football. Okay. I think it would be something to do with football. It's a very good question. Um... I've not inst- I've not looked myself for a while, but um, I, it's not something I do Google every day. But <laughs> the last time I did, the last time I did look, yeah, it was something to do with um, with football and, and and my career back when I was playing. Okay, okay, so football was a previous career. Correct, previous, yeah. So, at what kind of level? Yeah, so I, I was fortunate to go all the way to the top. Um, oh, so I'm sitting in football royalty right now. I wouldn't say football royalty, but I was, yeah, you know. I guess, yeah, I'd done some a lot of young people would dream of and I got there, but I wouldn't say I got to where I wanted to get to. But yeah, I did. I, I certainly give it my best, my best shot. I bet you did. So what age did you start playing? So I started at the age of um, six years of age, really. I, I grew up in a, a you know, a, a working class background where where my dad went to work five days a week. So did my mother. Me and my brother just played football after after school before school, um, at school, and then my dad would take us to to the villa. I'm a villa fan, so my dad would take us to the villa every every Saturday if we was at home, if we was away. Me, my dad and my brother would sit in front of the telly and listen to Sky Sports News to see whether or not we'd uh, we took took the lead. At six, I started playing, um, but played for, because my brother was slightly older than me, I ended up playing for my brother's age. I was playing two or three years above oh, myself wow. at okay. such a young age. Yeah. Gosh. So that that there had a positive impact um, on me. Obviously, I was mixing with older people at such a young age and and playing against you know, I was there were still young boys themselves, but they were they were turning into young young adults. Really, my brother's three years older than me, so at six I was playing with nine, ten year olds. So for me, I had to be I had to be better than them because I was never going to be physically better. Sure, yeah. Um, and 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 things just went went from strength to strength, I guess. So. I'm. I don't know much about football. Okay. 
what teams have you played for? Okay, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, so no, I'll, I'll kind of elaborate from there. So, yeah, I, I as I say, I, I at six started playing with my brother at till nine, and then around about 10 or 11, I was playing with my friends at a local club in Bromsgrove, um, not far from the Licky Hills, called Broms, um, Bromsgrove Town. Played there for, for, again, a couple of years. I'm getting to about 11 now, and my dad started to notice I had a talent because I, I'd been on trial at Aston Villa, Birmingham City, um, Coventry City, Warsaw, but I couldn't get signed by anybody. Um, this was around 11. I just didn't manage to get signed. I just, they all come with different excuses. So I faced a lot of rejection at such a young age and was kept getting told I wasn't good enough and kept getting setbacks. But I didn't really give in. I, I showed a real determination. And my, my, my dad was probably my my backbone to that, that he didn't let it get to me. He just carried carried on and I carried on playing with my friends. And at, and at 12, I actually had a real sense of luck I guess um and 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 something paid back all that you know the the hurt that I faced at 11 10 11 being told I wasn't good enough I had a stroke of luck and and that luck was a young lad that played played in the same Sunday side as me his father was a private taxi driver um, and he was actually taxi driver for the old Aston Villa and Manchester United manager Ron Atkinson who, oh, wow. li- who lives in Bart Green yeah I know that name um Ron Atkinson got my friend um, a trial at a club called Cheltenham Town. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you're still with me, and then uh, <laughs> I am. <laughs> and then, and then my friend, my friend said to the club, "Would would there be potential that my friend comes along? He's been at these clubs. He's he's a good player. Could he come?" And a football club wouldn't really say yes, but mm. Cheltenham, Cheltenham agreed to that. Okay. Um, and I went in on a six-week trial, and, and at the end of the six weeks, I got signed, but my friend never. So it was. Oh wow! What a turnaround! But yeah, it's a bit of. It was a bit of a, a weird situation, really. Yeah, I can imagine. And I stayed at Cheltenham for twelve months. I had a two-year contract there, so should I should have been there till fourteen. But at thirteen, thirteen, I turned just turning fourteen. I think I was um, Stoke City. Well, I had quite a number of clubs watching me, so Wolves, Wolverhampton Wanderers, West Bromwich Albion. We had quite a few clubs that who were coming to to watch me when I was playing for Cheltenham. But at fourteen, Stoke City um, brought me, um, and and at the time, it's reported if you do Google, etc. Um, at the time, was for for the most expensive teenager in the country at fourteen, which for me was. Was well, yeah. I, I, I did. I, I still to this day. I, I don't think. I, I don't think back then. I really realised what was going on. I, I can, I'm getting that impression actually, just from looking at your, mm-hmm. um, you know, going from a psychological mm-hmm. aspect. You've got quite a jigsaw and trying to put it all into place. That that must have been a really tricky time, and but to be what sounds like quite grounded. Yeah, I, I, I like I say. I think I think my dad made my my dad played such a significant part in that. You know, I better give a shout out to my mum because if she listens, she'll be <laughs> she'll be a bit wound up. But yeah, so no. But both my parents were brilliant, but especially my dad. I must say, when it comes to my football, because as I say, I, I, I faced such rejection at such a young age that probably still it, it still eats away at me now. Really, um, that 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 rejection because you think it doesn't at the time, and you're only a young lad, but. What happens is when you get the highs, you just get addicted to wanting t- and chasing them highs. And I was very fortunate, as I say, I was uh, I was young, fourteen, most expensive teenager in the country. So 
I was all over Sky Sports News, BBC News. And at the time, I didn't really look into it. It wasn't really until later on in my life. At the time, I just got on with it, carried on playing football. But it wasn't then until things started to turn sour that I, I wanted that that feeling good again. Yeah, okay. At the time, everything was brilliant. You know, the, the gentleman that, uh, a bit of Hall of Fame again, the gentleman that brought me in and actually made the decision whether or not they were going to buy me or not, is a gentleman called Steve Holland. Um, Steve Holland is now the assistant manager of Gareth Southgate for England. I thought I knew that name. So I can, I, I can see Gareth Southgate. Yeah, and him next to him. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the gentleman who actually bought me. So for me, again, it was just a, it's a looking back on it, it's a bit of recognition to say that I must have been half decent. That the England's you definitely uh, assistant manager was 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 the guy that made the decision to buy me. So so yeah. Anyway, I was at Stoke City then for. Um, five years something yeah just a little over i think it was and then and then my contract come to an end um and i actually left stoke and joined burton albion for two years okay so you'd have been 19 at the time of moving to burton correct i think i was i was 18 turning 19 so um so around that it might have been nine i can't actually remember um it was either 18 turning 19 or 19 turning 20 um can't remember and then i was there for two years Again, had a two-year contract at Burton. And then from Burton, I, I again, my contract come to an end. And I went to a club called Solihull Moors. So Solihull Moors for around a year. And then kind of made a difficult decision. But something I'm glad I made was to to continue chasing something I loved or to to, to remove myself from that. And I ended up removing myself Okay. Um, you know, I guess there's, you may have some questions into why I did that. I think, I think we can obviously discuss that further, but yeah, that, that was a decision. If, if you want to, if, if it's, cause sometimes I think having conversations with people, you open up kind of stuff in your head that you forget was there and then you, you kind of feel comfortable in someone's company that all the stuff just kind of oozes out. It's like li- lying on a couch, isn't it? And yeah. and telling someone all about it. But but this is your opportunity to to talk and to have that conversation and tell people what you want them to know. Because like like you say, and like I've said, people will Google or people will know you already. People always make their own assumptions of others, don't they? But sometimes when they get to know the real person, it makes think of you in a different way so if you'd like to talk about that that would be I'd find it fascinating but sometimes things are just a bit too raw you know I've had conversations with people through the podcast and they've gone oh do you know what I don't actually I'd love to share it with you Laura but I don't want to share it over the airwaves kind of thing yeah I think I think for me I'm I'm quite um I'm quite open I'm quite honest um you know as a person there's many things I've done wrong um haven't we all haven't we all correct exactly that's exactly what I was going to say so you know I'm quite open from from a football perspective football was just a big part of my life so going to you know going to school was not a thing and I don't say that with I don't say that as as someone being proud to say that but I just wasn't interested looking back do I regret it I I think yes I think I, I think I was in a difficult position because I had the world at my feet and trying to tell a young lad that that had just been bought that had been basically given a, a you know a, 
a four a five year contract four or five year contract at a, a European football club that was getting brought out from school. I think I, I think I was at school one day a week, maybe two a push, um, one or two days a week throughout year throughout my last two years at school, telling that person that you're not going to be a footballer or you should have a plan B. I was never going to listen because I, I I didn't see any other I didn't see any other route. I remember I remember many a times teachers would say, and I think even my parents thought he's going to be all right. He's going to be a footballer. Yeah, he doesn't need a plan you know, B because because I was I, I was performing well above well above my my level really and mm. and and performing well at football and it was twenty it was it was the year Steve Holland left. I'd have to Google the date. But I can't remember it to. I think it was 2018, I want to say, something like that. can't think of the exact yeah. date. Steve Holland left and he went to Chelsea. He went to Chelsea um, and subsequently a new, it's, it's life, but a new a new head of youth and academy and uh, the overstructure of the, 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 the youth coming through at Stoke changed. Um, it was a gentleman called Steve Martin. Just didn't get on with me. I don't. I don't think he didn't get on with me. I just don't think he pulled my dad the one day um, and said to my father, "Has Ben got an agent?" Bear in mind, you you know you're not meant to register with an agent until eighteen. Okay. You can have you can you can have somebody, an intermediary, look after you if sixteen with parents' permission. Okay. But you have to tell the club. He pulled my dad the one day and said, "Who's representing Ben?" Because we've never had so many inquiries from football clubs after a young lad. This is wow. at Stoke. So we had, I remember Man U were looking at one point. I, I was doing very, very well. Very well. So, f- uh, and for me, I didn't feel at Stoke that I was respected in the way that I should have been in the fact that I don't feel, I feel like it was going against me rather than them looking after me. And I think the reason was because they thought... I was trying to force a move out, which 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 genuinely wasn't mm. wasn't the case. Um, but I think that's what they they believed. So because of that, it, it, it had a detrimental impact on on how they perceived me, yeah. which wasn't the case in any any way, shape, or form. If people were approaching them to ask about me, that had nothing to do with me. I was a young lad just playing football. So what ended up happening in the end, I. I wasn't feeling wanted um, and as a young lad I faced such rejection at a young age I'd then gone to Cheltenham who who shown that they wanted me I'd then gone to Stoke who who shown they wanted me even more and and then I was going at, through Stoke and I was feeling unwanted um, as a young lad and I, I started to feel that rejection again that I was probably feeling as a young lad which is difficult because how I guess now when I get older I probably see it a bit more but as a young as a younger lad how 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 would you channel that rejection how do you how how are you perceived because of it so it's probably only now that I think about it that 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 did have such an impact on my life but I didn't I wouldn't know until now that that was the case um so which is quite, with you being so young at the time, and perhaps your parents felt like that, that because health, well-being and mental health is so 
apparent right now, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's everything. Everyone's always talking about it, which is great. Yeah. Some people don't talk about it enough. But I suppose back in them days, it wasn't talked about at all. And it's it's amazing to hear you say that you you recognise it now as an adult. But what you must have been going through at that time must have been horrendous. And it's it's quite difficult to hear that a child, because you were still child, a child, yeah, yeah, and yeah, your parents yeah. would have recognised you as a child, to be going through that. But by the sounds, your parents dealt with it brilliantly because yeah. they, they were always there for you and, and supported you. But do you think they have any regrets in a sense of... I think, I don't think necessarily regrets. I don't think they really, if I'm totally honest with you, I don't think they realised. I think they'd done everything they thought was right as a parent. Gotcha. So they didn't necessarily know what, they didn't necessarily know what I was, how maybe I, how I was feeling. Because I don't think I would have known myself. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think they as, as a parent recognised that what they could do is support me in any way that they possibly could. Yeah. So, like I said, Mental health was not spoken about then, um, especially as a young, a young, a young lad. But I, so I didn't really, really know. I guess I wouldn't have said mental health, but I'd then probably go to school and be a, be a person that maybe I wasn't because I was trying to act like someone. Well, not act like someone I wasn't, but you know, it was. Oh, I'm I'm the lad that plays for Stoke. I must be, you know, I must be. I have a bit of an ego. I've got to correct, which 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 wasn't me, and and it isn't me. Some people again, I'm not one that really. I don't really think too much about what people think of me. It doesn't really affect me in any way, shape, or form. But and I don't say that with arrogance. But what I mean is, is that people would have probably had a perception of me as because I played football, because of this and that. That I was something I wasn't when it was not the case. Yeah. So, you. yeah. Um, anyway, from from moving back onto football, really, because that was the forefront of my life um, through my younger days. Um, I got to around sixteen, and I tried to force a move out of Stoke because of that feeling unwanted. It wasn't wasn't. Tr- this was my down to my. This was down to nobody else. This was down to me. I wasn't happy where I was. I, I remember saying to my, you know, my father, I don't want to go to training. I just wasn't happy. I just, there was something in me. You're at such that young age, you're going through so many different emotions. I had a girlfriend at the time. I was travelling to and from Stoke. I was there five days a week. I was away from home. I had friends. I wasn't able to go out with my friends. All these different things, which is why you need to have tunnel vision. It's like footballers, footballers get slated and get, and get, took from pillar to post but what people don't realize is they are some of the strongest and most driven and most hard-working individuals on the planet and I don't say that because I used to play it's because I didn't get to the level that I wanted to because I didn't have them characteristics the players the players that get to the very top don't get there be, you know some of them have a god-given talent but even if they have a god-given talent they have to work even harder to stay at that level yeah. so what people don't give them credit for is is the hours that at a young age they don't go out with their friends they don't get girlfriends if they do have girlfriends they stay in they don't go partying they don't drink as a young lad and and people don't give them credit for that mm. so they're the things that i i guess i i wanted to do and i, I was torn between two lives 
because I still wanted, I knew I wanted to be a footballer. So anyway, at 16, I tried to force a move to Birmingham City. It was difficult enough for me to kind of, I'm a Villa fan, so <laughs> it was difficult enough for me to try and, uh, to try and force it anyway. But um, we, we, I played a few games, I played quite a few games actually. I went, played against Tottenham, I played against Cardiff, I played against quite a few and um I never forget forget the uh forget the day the the gentleman called Terry Wesley um I'm still very good friends with um with his son Sam uh, but it, he he was an influential guy within football throughout my youth um not for me but for a lot of people everyone knew wow, of him that's good. and he pulled me in and offered me a contract at Blues and I walked out and my dad and me were were delighted it was down the road from a house they train at what a bonus what a bonus <laughs> you know I, it, it was just perfect. I knew all the lads that were there because I was from Birmingham. A lot of the lads were from Birmingham. So everything fitted in. But unfortunately, um, the day the day I went to sign my contract, a young lad who's still playing, well, a young lad, he was a young lad at the time, he's playing now for Southampton in the Premier League called Nathan Redmond, playing for Birmingham City. He went on loan to Port Vale without the first team manager's permission. Um, and Terry Wesley was the guy that sorted it. Terry subsequently left the club, um, and this is how luck, luck in football sometimes don't go your way, yeah. um, and luck in life, I guess. Um, so Terry left the club, and my my deal was then in jeopardy. What what I'm going to do? Cut long story short, I ended up going back to Stoke, okay, um, to see out my contract. But as you can imagine, I'm days away from signing for Blues. They've put a bid in. The bid's been accepted. I, I've all my personal terms that I'm happy I'm signing but now I've got to return to Stoke yeah so, so you know you're a business a business owner yourself imagine you know someone in the in the business says I'm leaving and then the next day says oh I'm coming back yeah it, 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 you've made your bed correct you made your bed you're sleeping it so for the last for the next 12 months I didn't really play I get isolated didn't get to play much uh, uh, and my I guess my mental health deteriorated not that I know yeah, but all, all that, feel, you must have recognised, oh, this this is how I felt before, and it's all coming back. Correct. And, and it was just, just a rejection. It was just rejection again. And, and I, you know, I, I felt that I got that high because obviously everything was offered to me and then it's got pull, pulled away. And that's, you know, that's life, that's football. But for me, that, that there could have changed my life because that could have given me the push I needed to go again. Mm. And that was at a pivotal age you know that was the age then when I, that happened I went to Stoke didn't play and I started then you know started seeing the other side of life and going out and of course, girlfriends yeah. friends so yeah. I feel that if that contract would have gone if that deal would have gone through and I would have signed for Birmingham you know there's a good chance I might not be here today you know like sitting here to say say this story it, it would be totally different it would be completely different I imagine so you, you know these things happen though and and Everything happens for a reason in life. Um, it does. So, so what's going on in your life now? Yeah. So as yeah, finished football. Kind of went to Burton. It didn't. It didn't work out really at football. Um, okay. Burton didn't work out. And now I come out of it, and thought I better get a job because you know, yeah. it, 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 what am I going to do now? Ended up um, ending up taking a job at Lord's Banking Group, which. Which was great learning, uh, you know. I've got nothing but good things to say about 
about it, it but it just wasn't for me. Okay. How, if you don't mind me asking, how was that interview process? Because you were always <laughs> so used to yeah. getting your kit on yeah. and, you know, football and that kind of resilience and that kind of, like you said before, that tunnel vision of just that one thought process. Yeah. And now you're going into Lloyd's Bank. You yeah. know, that, that must have been strange. Uh, so... The interview was at 125 Carmel Row. Okay, yeah. Just next door to Starbucks. I remember turning up. Um, I had my suit on. I turned up in a pair of Gucci sunglasses. I remember meeting my mum and my auntie outside Starbucks just before I went in. They told me to take the sunglasses off straight away. Um, <laughs> thank God you made Thank them. God, I know. Um, <laughs> and then I went in for my interview and it was a young girl, a young lady, should I say, that interviewed me with a more experienced lady, should we say. And if I'm totally honest, I don't know how I got the job. I, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I think I think the, the elder lady probably looked at me as an, a son, a son yeah. sort of figure yeah, and thought that, I, I you know. Yeah. And then and then the, I'm not too sure, Your I think charm. I had it, my charm probably yeah. swayed the other, the other lady. But I, I think, yeah, I, I come out and I thought there's no chance. Um, no chance I haven't got a clue what I just spoke about for, for <laughs> what just happened you know it, <laughs> so I ended up walking out um but I ended up getting the job and I got off the job and and yeah that I guess that that was that was that I think my my pure inside I can't my, my 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 personality that's what I'm looking for my personality was only to ever drive and to be successful so I started there Within a couple of months, I got a promotion um, and ended up becoming a business development manager there. But that was just my drive to, I guess, be successful or just craving that, that not being wanted, but that craving being better, what being wanted again, I guess, be doing something. I can't continuously crave that that feeling, which, let me tell you, isn't a good feeling to have. No, I was, I was just about to say, do you think that you seek approval wherever you go? I don't know whether I'd say seek approval. I think I think there might be elements of that that are, are true. I guess I just yeah. I guess I just crave that crave that high. If you okay. understand, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's not a good thing, you know. It's not a good thing. Um, but I crave that high. I'm I'm continuously looking, and I, 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 I'm at the moment. I'm you know I'm not I'm not shy to say that I'm you know, seeing someone to try to try and drive that out of me and, and to try and bring me to a to a happy medium because when things are going well for me, they go extremely well and I fly and, yeah. and everything's brilliant. But when I when things aren't, it's rock bottom and it's trying to find that that medium because that's where happiness is. You know, people think happiness is at the top but it's it's really not. It's yeah. not um so it's just trying to find that platter in the middle that that keeps me level grounded, really. Okay, I I completely understand what you're saying there. Do you, so when you believe that you hit rock bottom, is it your version of rock bottom, or is it? Yeah. And and have you created your version of rock bottom? Yeah, I th- I, th- I think absolutely. I think rock bottom for me is pro- most definitely won't be rock bottom for other people. You know, there's we all there's a lot of people worse off, and I always have to try and remind myself that. But for me, rock bottom isn't where I want to be and that's the thing like, if it's not where I want to be it's rock bottom yeah, which is okay. which Got is you. not right if you understand yep. so if that's like now as I say from the bank 
you know, just moving swiftly on from the bank, I realised straight away that this this wasn't my world. And it is for some people, it's just yeah. not for others. So I I kind of moved out of that and I, I went back to the drawing board. It was during the COVID pandemic. Uh, well, it was it was just as we hit, went to the drawing board. Well, where do I want to go? I did have a brief spell, let me say, a Land Rover Jaguar car sales, but that um, business development, but that was like very brief. I just realised very short, in, in such a six months, six to eight months period, that working for somebody wasn't for me. Okay, gotcha. And, right. and that's what I realised. Um, and that wasn't because I didn't, this is where it's such a fine line because people might say, well, you think you're better than people or because, or, you, you know, why, why isn't working for someone, why isn't yeah. working for someone good enough for you? But for me, it just wasn't fulfilling my satisfaction of what yeah, I needed. Absolutely. And you're allowed to feel like that. Your feelings are valid. Yeah. And your emotions are valid. And I, th- I think it takes a lot of strength to recognise that I love what you're doing, but I, I, I don't want to work for you. You're going to continue to do great things, but it's not for me. Yeah. And I think when you can recognise that, and you, can, and you can say it out loud. Yeah, I think I was very, very fortunate, very, very fortunate that the pan- COVID-19 pandemic occurred. Okay. I, I say that with, you know, uh, you know, I know there was many people that lost their lives and, and it was a very difficult time for some families, but for me it was the best thing that ever happened and that's a selfish point of view and I, uh, and I don't say that, you know, I, I'm... Ben, I'm, go- I'm really sorry, I am going to interrupt you there. Yeah. Only because everyone has a story to tell about the pandemic... Mm-hmm. And we could sit here and talk all day about other people. You know, we could play top trumps. Yeah, whilst. of course. I know someone so this happened yeah, yeah. to them. This happened. All, all of that, and and you kind of start fighting. Yeah, well, my story is better than yours. Yeah, it's everyone Everyone's. has a story to say, and I think I know actually quite a lot of people that the pandemic did great things for them, and if it did, you should welcome and have the opportunity to shout loud and proud about that. Okay, well, thank you. Yeah, because for me, it just stopped. It just stopped me still. Um, and made me realise I got into a thing where again I love my friends so if any of them are listening they or do, will listen yeah <laughs> don't 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 hold me to this but I got I got stuck in a, a in a rut where that wasn't for me so you know a nine to five job um, being told that that was the the right because all my friends did that and it was like well yeah but you got to get up and go to work and and then on a, on a Friday night they'd be at the pub and a Saturday they'd be at the pub and I was thinking I I remember I used to say to my Used to say to my, I used to say to my mum, my brother again, not not my father really. He well, as soon as football stopped, he he was just like get a job. Like it, that was my dad's working mentality. But my mum, I used to say this isn't this isn't life, George isn't life, mum. I don't want to do this. And they said, well, what are you going to do then? I said, I'm going to make something for myself. And and I said, well, you can't quit. You can't quit your job. You can't quit your job. And I said, but I'm not happy. Yeah, I'm not happy. Like you got to listen to me. I'm not happy. And. And I used to go home and used to draw stuff up on pieces of paper endless, endlessly, try and come up with ideas of, of different solutions. And, and it wasn't until the pandemic 19 occurred that it gave me that time to to sit and evaluate everything. It took me away from them distractions of going to the pub and feeling crap every every morning, waking up with a hangover. And it, it gave me time to sit back and think what I wanted to do with my life. And from that moment, my life, you know, I feel like the last... 18 months I've not I've never been happier since when I moved to Stoke at 14 I don't think I've been honestly don't think I've been happier and and I feel like in that time I found what I wanted to do I found myself and that's why I say everything happens for a reason 
Definitely. And you've really made me smile, actually, because to hear you talk so passionately about the beginning of your football journey and then all that kind of crap that you went through. And, oh, hey, he's back. You know, you've, you've kind of, not maybe not quite full circle, but the help that you're getting with your health and well-being and your resilience, just, just having this conversation, it, it's so apparent. And for you to actually recognise that, oh, I'm actually... That happiness is coming back and it's all in your hands and all you're doing, which is great. It's, yeah. it's really lovely to hear. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, you just sat there where, where you've uh, you mentioned it's your doing. I think the one thing that I did through through difficult times is relied on other people. So when I was at d- different jobs in the bank and stuff, I had, you know, relationships that you start relying on other people's happiness and, and that wasn't, you know, you if you're doing that, that isn't, that isn't a good thing. I was relying on others to to ensure that I was seek getting happiness, and like I said, yeah, I think now I can find happiness in myself, which then is obviously means I can be happy with other people. I just wrote that down because I really, really like that. Yeah. You can recognise that you were getting your happiness just bouncing from other people's happiness, so you you welcomed those kind of people into your life probably more than what yeah. you needed to. Correct and business life you know there's often occasions where you're in the pubs Correct. every night yeah. and and then you're in the pub on a thursday because it's thursday and it's friday tomorrow yeah and then it's the weekend so you're out with your non-businessy friends and that kind of thing and it's just it just keeps going round and round in circles isn't it and then when you recognize you can take yourself out of that circle and go actually that negativity is breeding negativity in me and what i need to do is separate it and go okay that's your happiness. I'm happy for you, but where's my happiness? Correct. And it's, I think it's great in your very young years of life so so far where you've, you've experienced so much and people that will listen to this podcast that don't have anything to do with football will actually just recognise that there's a person there that just needed kind of saving, mm. in effect. Mm. But again, you've done that. You have saved yourself and and now creating something so amazing for yourself and it's definitely your doing and your happiness to take hold of yeah i agree i, f- I think for me like i said the biggest thing for me is i was having a conversation with someone yesterday actually um and it is it is just happiness and that's the main thing for me money comes money goes yeah. friends come friends will go Loved ones will come and loved ones will go. It's it, it's a cycle of life, but you know, as long as you're you're content and happy, and that that that's all I try and live by. And I just try and be happy because then Definitely. people want to be around you as well yeah. and and, oh, and agree. So yep. without a doubt. yeah, that's that's where I'm at now. I guess Brilliant. we're helping. Just so you, just to kind of wrap up on my kind of career wise, so I left um, and started up an organisation um, that I felt was needed, and that was. Um, Premier Progress, that was basically to tackle mental health by using football as a common denominator. So on a one-to-one basis to try and break down any any young person from from young ages all the way through to the professional game, from grassroots to professional, and to to do one-to-one sessions and to try and just break down the barriers. So especially during the pandemic, it, it, it evolved rapidly because there were so many people that, that were struggling, that were sat indoors, that that just wanted to get out, wanted to speak to someone, needed needed a bit of support, but you loved football, and and from there, that evolved. We we grow we we grew at a rapid pace, and we continue to grow. 
but I also during that time realised that there was a lot of young people within within the community within Birmingham who may be struggling so I teamed up with a restaurant to provide free free meals um, to St Basil's Project during the winter months just before Christmas um, last year which was great and, and when doing so built a strong relationship with St Basil's and they quite quite quickly identified that through through my career and through my you know what I'd been through that I'd be a strong role model to some of the young people at St Basil's um, and because obviously showed good resilience and showed that you can come back from from anything and and not being okay is okay so we we started a, a mentor program through my through my my side business Premier Mentoring which we've actually been able to help four young people now secure jobs within the first few months of the of the program starting in March um, it started in March we identified it in December but it actually started in March because we was awaiting funding and we cleared confirmed the funding with with the one billion pound company Gymshark who who fully funded the program so thank you if anyone's listening from Gymshark but thank you to them who we couldn't do without them and we've been able to provide the service to, at the moment, we've provided the service to Bromsgrove, St Basil's and Worcestershire, um, Warwickshire, sorry, St Basil's. So there's, there's three sites over um, in Warwick um, by Leamington. And what we do with them there is we basically use physical health and sort of a mentor programme to give them the confidence and give them the encouragement to to look at life in a different way. When I, like I say, when I was at, at the bank and when I was there, all, all my life, like you touched upon, Laura, was negative. So and it wasn't negative in a way, but if you're drinking every if you're drinking every single day of the week, or not drinking every day of the week, because I wasn't an alcoholic, but if if I was drinking three, four nights of the week, if I was getting up feeling sluggish, going into work thinking, ah, oh, this is a, you know, again nine to five getting home in a negative, it was just a, a negative frame of mind. I didn't do any physical activity, and and when I noticed a switch and I was getting up, doing physical activity, you know, doing, opening my mind up to, you know, speaking to someone on a, on a basis that he wasn't my teacher. So I still go every single week. And this is, again, I'm not saying it works for everyone, but I go every single week to someone that I just talked to and and he, he helps me. He's changed my life, you know, because he makes me think of things differently. He's not a teacher. He's not someone that tells me what to do. He just bounce he, he, he helps me he helps you recognize the skills that you have correct and we all need that person so Definitely. these young people may have been through difficult times and and i'm just somebody like us we spoke about on the st basil's um, ambassador day i'm not i don't go in there as a teacher i don't go in there dressed in shirts with ties i go in there dressed like i normally would um, i'm a young lad just like them that's been through difficult times and i just want to help and support them and we've partnered with 15 organisations from nationwide companies down to to small independent companies in the community that provide provide these young people with opportunities, whether that be they want to go into construction and, and want to learn to be an electrician, whether that means they want to be a hairdresser. We've given them work placements and opportunities to do so. And I'm not going into it saying they have to get jobs if they just want someone to talk to and need a shoulder or get out and and you know, start moving, start getting active and start thinking differently rather than being in bed till 11 and 12. That's what we're there for. So that's where we're at at the moment and that's that amazing. seems to be growing. So, yeah. When you talk about your, 
your premier mentoring yes. and premier progress how does it make you feel inside i think happy i'm trying to think of the right word but for me i guess proud might be a, might be the word that comes to mind and proud because it's mine and i've always wanted someone to be mine i can't you know that's mine and that's that's what makes me proud i think no matter what people can't take away that do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So. I am so pleased that you said proud because that, that was how I was feeling. Yeah. And I wanted you to recognise that you really should be proud mm-hmm. of that because just listening to it, I am proud of you because I just think what a way to turn your life around and give opportunities to other people from what you've gone through. And you've done it in such a way that you are breaking down those barriers because for some people, they can't talk about it. I think it's great that you can hold your hand up and say, I go every week. Mm. I just go and chat. I let it out. Knowing that you can do that in a safe environment is really hard for youngsters. You know, I'm before Novus, that was my life, working yeah. with, with young yeah, yeah. people yeah. Um, ex- in the same provision that you do. And it's really hard mm-hmm. to kind of break that shell and talk to a young person and get them to peel their own onion and to reveal what the core is inside. But I think you've been able to do that to yourself, so you're able to help other people. Yeah, I, I, I think the first things first is, like I said, you have to, the first thing that I ever I ever learned, well, I, I learned the hard way, by the way, so don't, don't think I didn't. I learned the hard way. I blamed everybody. I blamed my family. I blamed my friends. I blamed my relationships. I never, ever, ever took accountability. And that is... You know, again, I say that not, you know, I'm not proud to say that, but that's true. So any young person out there would be would be doing exactly the same, and and that's why some of them probably get wound up with me because I can see right through them. But <laughs> yeah. I I, I oh, done yeah. exactly, you know, I done exactly the same, and you get that you know uh, nothing, correct? You don't know nothing about me, correct? And I, and I I done it all, I, you know, like I said, I blamed everyone, everyone for everything, you know, all, all the wrongdoings I done, it was never my fault. Um, but it wasn't until, as I say, I was working, working, doing that that role that I took accountability and I looked and I thought, you know, it's no one's fault. You're not a footballer. It's no one's fault that you're not, you know, you're not doing something you want to do. It's yours and you got to take accountability for yourself. So that that was the biggest, that, that was there, the single, that's the most, if, if anyone could say to me one thing that you've learned on your, learned on your, you know, your short career that I've had in whatever it may be, my short life, is just to take accountability for yourself. No one, you, you, no one really, you know, f- friends and family say they're there for you, but you can only, you look after yourself in this world and, and when it comes to it, you've only got yourself to look, blame. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you've, you've only got yourself to rely on. Correct. Yourself to blame and yourself to make a difference. Correct, you know, and and we all have parents, you know, but I'm getting older now, you know, I can't keep going to mum, I can't keep going to dad, you know, they're saying, you know, son, you, 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 you're 26, you know, you, you, you're a man, go, and, and, and that's what people need to realise, you know, we, we, we all, we all got to take accountability for ourselves, that's what I'd say. Sometimes adulting is hard. Yeah, yeah. But equally, sometimes being a, a kid is hard too. Yeah, you know, I, 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 th- I think being a kid's harder. I'm not yeah. You and just, especially you missed, your childhood, yeah, yeah. you didn't have a, lots of opportunity to be a kid. No, I didn't have none. No, no, no. no. So, uh, adulting, I'd let you off every now and again being yeah, a kid. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm a big kid, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you might be one for a while. Yeah, correct. <laughs> and you'd but, be allowed. You'd be allowed. But, but no, yeah, I guess I guess that's really my 
my story to how I got to where I got to, I think. That's a hell of a story. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's growing. I hope that it's not the end of it. Um, definitely. So you, you started it with a once upon a time and you've definitely not reached the end. No, I don't There's think so. There's a lot so. of chapters left. I think so. I think so. It's just, yeah. And, and now for me, it's just trying to, trying to, I think that is my, like you've said, I've, I think I've got some, I've, I've, I've got something that I've noticed I have, not, I wouldn't say a talent, but I, I can identify, I, 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 I can identify how people feel like, which is not, I guess not a talent, but I just know, I know, I understand, I understand it. And, and like you say, the, the, the main thing from, from my perspective is I'm open and honest. So some people find that difficult, but I, I seem to be able to do it. Normally I ask people um, all sorts. We talk about career, education, what their story is, all that kind of thing. And one one question that I often ask about famous people, but I, th- I think you've mentioned loads. Mm. Yeah, famous. As in who who's the most famous I've met? Yeah. I'd actually give you, I'll actually give you a, a, a story here. Um, Go on. So this is the most famous person I've ever met. I was a young lad who was in Barcelona airport, me, my brother and my mum. This was back when, i tell you how long ago it was, was when iPhones wasn't around, it was Motorola flip-up phones. Oh, wow. Um, okay. What were they called? Motorola. Come to me. But anyway, Motorola flip-up phones, and we were walking through Barcelona airport, and do you know you have the, um, the what's it called, where they don't go escalators, they don't go up the stairs, but they go, you know, you stand on them, the travelators. Yeah. Um, and we was going, we were going one direction, and the other direction, it's like blocked off at the end by by police by armed police, and we're looking down, and like my mum said, I wonder what's going on, like oh, because obviously it just went completely, and then we've seen loads of people running, loads of people running, and we were standing, and I was thinking, to be honest, I think my mum was quite scared because it was at the time there was quite you know, quite a lot of terrorist attacks around them ta- that, that time. I know. Actually. So um, so my mum was quite worried. However, then before you know it, there was paparazzi everywhere and the bar- whole Barcelona team were walking through the airport with, with our police. So we, me and my brother luckily managed to get a photo with Lionel Messi. There was Ronaldinho there, Thierry Henry. They're the, obviously from a football perspective, that was everything for us. I think that's probably the most famous people I've ever met. I think the only ever person that I would ever get starstruck by would be Beckham if I ever met Beckham. Okay, but I'm not really. I'm not. I don't really get starstruck. I guess you're far too cool. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't say that. I just. <laughs> I just think. I just. I just see everyone as normal. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're all we're all human. That you know, and I guess that's probably coming from a football world. But we're all human. They're all we all do the same things. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. So I don't think I'd ever get starstruck. Apart from if I've seen Beckham, I think I'd be a bit like that's. But I've got to a get a photo. Yeah, yeah, but I've got to get a photo. Um, if it was Beckham, I don't think anyone else in the world. I don't think I'd be. Okay. I don't think so. Maybe now that more and more people are learning about you, maybe they want to be starstruck. Yeah, no, I, d- I highly doubt it. But um, <laughs> highly doubt it. But yeah, I, d- I think from a famous point of view, that's the Barcelona team is probably the most. The most famous it's, it's, it's ever got. Yeah, it, that that that's the most famous it's ever what, got. To be what fair, what did your mum say when she realised it was a Barcelona football? My mum didn't have a clue. It was <laughs> you know, she? It, it was just me, mum, my brother. Oh, I love so, your yeah. mum. Yeah, she didn't have a she didn't have a clue. She was just running around taking photos for us. So, I but bet the, your dad the, was good. He wasn't there. Yeah, dad. Yeah, dad. So my 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 family are um, my father and my mum split up. So 
when we were quite when we were younger. No, it's okay. Don't no need to be sorry. Um, but um, yeah, that that was when we were younger. So he, yeah, he again, he's one of them. He he wouldn't be starstruck. He wouldn't be really bothered. To be fair, he don't. He's like me. He don't really famous people don't do it for him. Yeah. I don't think he he's what it is. But um, yeah, no, that's probably the most famous most famous people. That's that's hell of it. That's that's going to the top of the tree. I reckon top of the tree. Yeah, I think well so. Well done on that one. Well done. And another question that I really love. Um, you strike me as a very special person, and I think lots of people listening will agree with me on that. You probably don't, but I think you're quite a superhero. However, if you could be a proper superhero, which one would you be? If I had a superpower, okay, yeah, so okay. a superhero, I don't know, but if I had a superpower, my superpower would be to go back in time. Would you really? I think so. So would you go back in time for your own, I would say, selfish reasons? Uh, yeah, I, I, I th- no, I think in general, I think it, I think if I could go back in time, not just from a selfish point of view, but from a, from everything, I think you see things differently. Mm, very much. I think you do, like, you just look back now, I, I look back on things all the time, I always look back on things and see how things change and evolve and and, and in such a short space of time. Imagine if you could just go back a week. Like, I always think that. Imagine if you just go back a week and think what you've done this week, if you could do that a little bit better. Yeah. The the changes you could make. And that's that's business, that's life. That's that's how you spoke to someone. Like, you know, you could speak to someone like absolute rubbish and you could really, really affect them for that day. Definitely, yeah. And you might not know that because you might think, oh, you know, yeah, it's just an argument. Yeah, get on with it. But that could really affect that person for for a long time. So... I think that would probably be it. Go back in time to see. It doesn't have to be aged, but just go back in time. Mm, that's interesting. If you could go back in time to a point of your life then yeah, and change it, how much do you think it would affect what's going on now? Where do you know what's so difficult? <laughs> I actually, as much as there's a lot gone on, I'm a happy person. So like I've never not been happy. So I always feel that I've always wanted more for myself, but I've never, I've never, I've never been really, really unhappy person. So, I, I, I guess I'm happy that everything's happened the way it has because Good. it's got me to where I am today, yeah. and I'm happy, I'm content. So, everything happens for a reason. Like I said, I don't think if I if I went back, I probably would give it one more go at playing football. I would because it's my life. But I also love going down to watch the villa with my dad and my yeah. brother, and I can't do that if I was playing. I love being able to go out and have a drink with my mates if I want to. I couldn't do that when I was playing. I love being able to, you know, I work with football every single day of the week. I'm I'm blessed because I'm still doing something I love. So it's just in a different capacity. So good. I'm pleased yeah. that you. I'm pleased that you wouldn't change anything mm-hmm. apart from maybe yes, go back yesterday and think. I'd have something different for tea. Yeah, I'd, yeah, that's what I mean. I, I, when I say go back, I mean, like I say, yeah, there's just little things like, like I say, sometimes I think, why did I do that? Like even just, you know, spending habits or, yeah. you know, just little things. The like Italian the, goals. Da- yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, Euros. Are you correct? Yeah. It's just little things that I think, what did I do that for? Or, what, you know, what if I did that, what, how differently would life be now? Yeah. I do think of stuff like that, and that's not about career. That's not about choices. It's just little things. Yeah, no, and no, I think that's it's not a bad thing to be able to mm. do. I, I think my superpower would be the same. Mm. To 
go back in time and it's and it would just be the little things because i wouldn't want anything to change now you know business family children all those kind of things it's yeah, and, and like I said, I think there's always there's always going to be an element. We're human. There's always going to be an element of things that we want to change. There still is, the, you know, yeah. day in, day out. You're going to come to work. You come to work to make an impact and change. You want to grow the business. You, yeah. Absolutely. So that's a change. But like you said, as long as as long as long things evolve, then. When was the last time you kicked a football around? Last night. Oh, okay. So you, so yeah, so I play for do. yeah, I play for um, I play now for a club called Eversham, who are quite a big uh, a quite a big side. If you live in the Cheltenham, eh? um, semi-professional, train Tuesday versus game Saturdays. Um, it's a bit of beer money for the weekend, <laughs> and I I still get my release and still play. So good. So yeah, you know everything. Everyone's a winner then. Yeah, definitely. Does your brother still play? No, my brother doesn't. My brother's my brother's an actually. I think he has some sort of Aston Villa disorder. He's absolutely addicted to the villa. He's villa through his A D V not yeah, ADHD. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> a yeah, literally. He's absolutely villa through and through. He wouldn't miss a game. So that's his you know, I was blessed with being able to play. He's we always say if you put me and my brother together, he'd have been a footballer, we'd have made a footballer because he had the passion, drive and desire. Yeah. But I had the talent, so Sometimes it Smash comes in that together. way. Correct. Yeah. Put them together yeah. and you'd have made a footballer. But yeah. um, I hope that's my nephew that comes. Um, oh, hopefully he's, he's the one. He's the one to break the uh, break the cycle. Oh, there we go. And what what better person than Uncle Ben? Uncle, ah, correct. Correct. To, to mentor, to correct. channel, to create that resilience. Absolutely. And do everything. Yeah, correct. Uh, like that, I said, that's your moment back that, in time. That absolutely, is. you you know you have to be careful because you don't want to live my life through him. So that's oh, where there's a fine no, line I, between I, yeah. the kids that you don't push them too much where they they rebel because of it. You know. Yeah. So, but if he's happy, that's the main thing. Yeah, definitely. And and I imagine the the children and the young people that you're mentor, mentoring through Premier Progress, you are just channeling all that energy and helping them with their life choices and. Yeah, that, I, I think that's brilliant. That that yeah, that's my mo- that's my most refreshing thing. I think they've they really do look up to me, and I not say that you know again, it, oh, not in an arrogant way. No, I bet but they do. They, you know, I think they do. Uh, a lot of them do, and and for me, that you know, that's that's a big thing. You're quite young, but I am hoping that you do know who I'm talking about. Only fools and horses. I do. Brilliant. Great program. So, and you would have watched lots of the episodes yeah i have you know the episode where they're in the garage and they discover the clock yeah so mr markle yeah what's your next rodders moment nobody says rodders next year we're gonna be millionaires Mm. (laughs) things just keep happening at a rapid pace that i don't really know where they're going and i I don't i don't say that as in I don't. I, it, I couldn't tell you because in six months it could be totally different. Like, I'm just happy doing what I'm doing and seeing where it goes. You know, trying to help as many people and and see like I've exactly like I've just said, see where it goes. I honestly, honestly want to do this for a long, long time. So for me, it's building the foundations, the 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 growth, and just trying to help as many young people. I love the fact that you're living in the moment. That's, That's great. Yeah. Definitely. So, Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here today and get to know you better. 
and also give you a platform to talk about what, what you want to and everybody can when we air this podcast we will put all the criteria on for premier yep. pro- progress and mentoring yeah all your amazing work with st basil's something i'd like to offer is how can novus help you in the future what can we do um it's a very good question i think you know we if there's ever any way that we can support you can support and we can maybe look to do a partnership in helping young people i guess that is something we can certainly discuss that's a very good question i didn't expect <laughs> that i didn't expect that question if i'm totally honest how how could you help us i um, have a I, long I, hard yeah that's it. yeah that's something i definitely will take off air um and and think about i think i, I was I, i'm normally the one saying how can i help you so for you to flip that back on me i've not <laughs> i've not really i've not really come prepared for that question I've but flummoxed Benmark. you have Woo-hoo. you have which is which is a first but yeah. no i will i'll think about that and 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 hopefully we can do something because I know how you guys are so supportive of some battles as well, and hopefully we can try and do something together in the Defin- near future. Yeah, definitely. Sian, if you're listening, yeah, I'm sure she will be. <laughs> she better be. <laughs> <laughs> so again, Ben, it's been a pleasure having you, and good luck in the future. Yeah, because the future is very very rosy for you. I oh, appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome.